I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, we thank you for your word. It's always a light unto our feet and a lamp unto our path. And so, Lord, as we come to hear from the Spirit of God today, I thank you that faith comes by hearing and hearing by your word. And as we hear the word today, faith will come to change our lives. And so I step back now so the Spirit of God can minister life to your people. And I thank you in advance for signs, miracles, and wonders following our lives as a result of your word. And I declare today that Word of Truth Family Church and where you're taking us as a group, as a church, and as individuals, eyes haven't seen nor have ears heard, neither has it entered into even our hearts the great things that you have prepared for us. And we receive those things now by faith in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We've been in a teaching series called Maximizing Your Faith. Everybody say Maximizing Your Faith. And today is our eighth lesson, believe it or not, and it is our final lesson in the series. And I believe what I'm going to teach you today is the perfect way to end the series. And so if you're taking notes, our lesson title today is Faith in You. Faith in You. Now let me kind of give a disclaimer on the front end. It may sound like it's a motivational message. But in reality, if you don't have faith in you, then the faith that God put in you won't work like it should. Amen. See, the world calls it self-esteem when it really should be called spirit esteem. Because when God made us, he made us spirit first. Amen. Now go to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. And then if you uh, have a physical Bible, you can go and mark Galatians chapter 5 verse 6. That was Mark chapter 11. We're going to go to verse 22. And then Galatians chapter 5, verses 6. Now, one of the discoveries that I made when teaching this series uh, was that you and I can't just believe what God says, but we also have to believe what we say in order for the faith process to work. Now, we discovered that in Mark chapter 11. So if you're in Mark 11, we're going to start in verse 22. It says, And Jesus answering said unto them, Watch what he said. Have faith in who? Have faith in God. Another translation says, have God's kind of faith. Verse 23. For verily I say unto you, this is Jesus talking, that whosoever. Everybody say whosoever. Say I'm a whosoever. He says whosoever shall what? Say to the mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea. 
and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe. What are we believing? Watch this now. That we're believing those things which we what? Say shall come to pass. Read this with me. He shall have whatsoever he said. In other words, that scripture is telling us that Jesus has put a principle out there. And that principle is you and I are going to have what we say. Which means I can't just have faith in what God says. Lots of people. In fact, the Bible says the devils believe and tremble. So it doesn't take a whole lot to believe. But when you're talking about faith now... He's saying we have to believe what we say. And I've come to the conclusion that most people's faith is not working like it should because they don't have faith in themselves. Amen. Now, just look at your neighbor and ask him, do you believe in you? Do you believe in you? Because until you do, it will seem hard or impossible in some, in some cases for you to believe some scripture. There are lots of scriptures in the Bible that relate to believing in you. Okay, I'll give you an example. Philippians chapter 4. Most of you know this verse, verse 13. Watch what he says. I can do all things through Christ who what? Notice how it starts out. I can do all things through Christ. It didn't say Christ can do all things through me, even though he should be able to do that. But do you know Christ can't do nothing through me unless I let him? So listen, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. But I have to believe that I can to even try. Amen. Now, in 1 John chapter 5, this is where we're going to start out. 1 John chapter 5. Because this verse helps us to see now that it's okay to believe in you. First John 5, 4 says, For whatsoever or whosoever that is born of God, watch what they do. They overcome the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Read it with me. Even our faith. So my faith is essential to my victory. And see, there is something that you and I need to know. That in order for faith to work in your life, you have to be conscious conscious of faith. I believe God gives us opportunity every day to use our faith. I think most of us, we, we, don't, we don't pass it. Okay, for instance, uh, you're standing in line and, and uh, uh, I, had, I was in a, a, a gas station line here recently and the person put, I think, $7 up to put gas in their car. How many know you're not going to get far? They're going to go around the block and be right back at that gas station in about 15 minutes because $7 worth of gas is not going to give you a lot. Well, I had an opportunity at that point to exercise my faith. You say, well, how? My faith to help those people. I didn't know them, so I decided... To help fill their gas tank up. Well, why did it take faith? Because I have to have faith in what God says about giving in order for me to do that. So many of us, we have opportunities to exercise our faith. I just think sometimes we don't look for the opportunity. Now, in 1 John 5, he says that this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So it is our faith that helps us to win in life. 
Now, go to Galatians chapter 5. If they would, put Galatians chapter 5, verse 6 on the screen. Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. Uh, I want to show you something about uh, you because we are spirit. We have a soul. We live in a body. Galatians chapter 5, verse 6 says this. For in Jesus, everybody say in Jesus. In Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but watch this, but faith which works by what? By love. Faith which works by love. So here's the point that I want to drive home today. You have to have faith in you for the faith in you to work for you. Did you get what I said? You have to have faith in you for the faith that's inside of you to work for you. In other words, notice he says here, faith works by love. And the problem is most people, their faith is not working the way it should because they don't love them. Notice he says, faith works how? It works by love. The word work there means, it's the Greek word energio, or what we get our English word energy from. It means to show forth. It means to effectively work in or to be mighty. So what he's saying here is that faith is mighty or it shows itself forth by love. Which means now... God's faith always works as long as I'm walking in his love. And most people, their faith doesn't work because they don't love themselves. Now, the issue with that is most people, what's interesting is that they love people more than they love themselves. I mean, how many would just do stuff for people and whether they did it back? You know, if you, you want to help them, most people are like that, right? Well, the problem is most people... They love other people more than they love themselves. And the problem is, if faith works by love, it's only going to work to the degree of me loving myself. It is not a crime to love you. Notice what Jesus said. He says, love thy neighbor. Come on, class, how? As thyself. Love thy neighbor as thyself. That means that I will only be able to love my neighbor to the degree... Of the love that I have for me. Amen. So faith needs love for it to work. Everybody say faith. Faith. Needs love love. for it to work. In other words, you and I must love us. And this is where the problem is. Most people don't realize that their love for themselves or their lack of it is helping them either win in life or lose in life. Now, I'm going to show you this morning how to love yourself beyond the physical. Because the problem that most people have when it comes to loving themselves, they immediately associate the love for themselves based on their physical characteristics. Well, if you love yourself based on how you look, your love is going to fluctuate because if you live as long as I have, things change. Come on, you're not wearing that hat on purpose, brother. Come on now. <laughs> you're not wearing that hat on purpose. Come on, that weave is really important right about now. It, 
If I were to ask by the showing of hands, if there is at least one thing that you would change about yourself, how many would be able to raise your hand and say, yeah, there's at least one thing, just one thing. See, that's pretty much everybody in the room. And see, many people, they, they, they have weighed themselves to that extent. In other words, you know, if I could just change this one thing. The problem is the areas that you and I want to change to be better are not really the areas in our life that really make up who we really are. Amen. God's love is unconditional. And if you and I can get to the point where we can love us like God does, man, your life is going to change. Amen. How many know God loves you whether you're tall, skinny, short? It doesn't matter, right? Okay, so the question is, why can't we love ourselves like that? Amen. Unconditional love is what God does and who he is. And that's why God's able to to love sinners and saints the same. I know as Christians, we think, you know, God really loves his kids. But when it comes to sinners, well, he likes them okay too. He's just waiting for them to get saved so, you know, he can really love them. But that's not how it works. God's love is the same whether I'm a Christian or not. Now, that's, that's mind-boggling right there because think about it. That means there is nothing you and I can do to make God love us more than we, do, than we are right now. There's nothing you can do. And this is why, as a believer, if you get this revelation, you will stop performing for God. See, some of us are not cheating on our spouse because we don't want to get caught. It's not because we love God. We just don't want to get busted. So I'm not going down that road. No, no. But Jesus didn't say, you know, he said, if you love me, you keep my commandments. So you'll reach a point when you love God that your love for him is what it's what motivates you to live for him. And the reason why most people can't love themselves is because most love that people have are coming from the outside and not the inside. Most people can't love themselves like God. You know why? Because we have not accepted ourselves unconditionally. Now go to Ephesians chapter, go to Ephesians chapter 1. I'm hoping to show you how to unconditionally accept yourself today. Amen. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 6. I'm going to start in verse, uh, Ephesians 1, I'm going to start in verse 1. I know it's a long verse. Well, I don't want to read it all. Let me just jump down to verse 4. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Watch verse 5. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Here's the verse that I wanted to get to. To the praise of the glory of his grace. Read it with me. Wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. God has made us accepted in the beloved. There is nothing else you and I have to do to be accepted by God. You don't have to obey God another day to be accepted by him. He's already accepted you in the beloved. Amen. Notice it says... He has accepted us in the beloved. And when you look the word accepted up, it means highly favored. So if you write down Luke chapter 1 verse 28, the angel came to Mary and said, 
Uh, Mary, you are highly favored from the Lord. And then it says, blessed are you among women. So this word accepted means highly favored. And here's where the problem came in. When God put Adam and Eve here on this earth, he gave them one commandment to not do so. He said, listen, you can eat of all the fruit, but don't eat of this one. If you eat this one, that day you're going to surely die. Well, the Bible says, and you can just write this down. This is in Genesis chapter 2. Verses 25, Genesis 2.25. Now, this is when they were walking around. God had made them. And uh, he made uh, Adam go to sleep. And he, and he woke up and he had a, another a, a, a female with him. Praise the Lord. And then verse 25. Notice I said he had a female with him. Praise the Lord. See, you have the world's truth, and then you have the truth. Jesus said, I am the way. He didn't say, I am a truth. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Amen? So, I don't care what the world believes. We believe, if you are a believer, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, God made male and female, he created them. I don't know who that was for, but anyway, verse 25. Watch it says, and they were both naked, watch this now, the man and his what? The man and his wife. See, you shouldn't be naked in front of nobody but your wife. (laughs) Stay focused now, church, stay focused. And they were both naked, the man and his wife. Not his girlfriend, but his wife. I want you to read this part with me though. And were not, they were what? They were not ashamed. Okay, so watch this now. Now the word shame means disappointed or to be put to shame. Here it is, God put these two humans on the earth and they had no clothes on and the Bible says they were not ashamed. Which now tells me they were not ashamed of how they looked. They weren't ashamed of the size that they had. They weren't ashamed of the skin color, whatever that was. Whatever they had going on, they were okay with it. But it wasn't until they sinned. Watch now. Look look at the next. Look in verse. uh, If you keep reading it, it says that they were ashamed and they hid themselves. So how do you how do you go from not being ashamed, being fully naked, to now being ashamed, covering yourselves up with leaves? Here's why. Sin is what made us physical conscious. I'm going to say that again. Sin is what made us uh, physical conscious. In other words, before they sinned in the garden, they were fine with physically being naked. Watch this. And until sin came, you were fine with how you looked. Sin is what makes us look on the outside. Now, there's nothing wrong with putting paint on the barn. If if your barn needs some paint, put some on there. Okay, so don't hear what I'm not saying. But what I am saying... (laughs) Some of y'all slow, boy. Y'all slow, y'all. It's going to be all right, though. Let me show you what happened. When you and I got born again of the Spirit, 
that put us spiritually right back in the same position that Adam and Eve were before they were ashamed. Did you hear what I said? See, before now, sin, before sin, they were not ashamed. They weren't ashamed of their physical man. They weren't ashamed of their spiritual man. When they sinned, the Bible says they became ashamed. When you and I make Jesus Christ the Lord of our life and we get born again of the Spirit of God, then God puts us right back in that position of not having to be ashamed. Amen. So, watch this now. If a change in my physical appearance was needed for you and I to accomplish God's will for my life, then he would have included that in the born again package. Okay, I'm going to say it over here. I'm going to make sure you get this. Okay. Most people are so focused on the physical. Oh, how my hair look, you know, my, uh, you know, the, my skin, my nose, my eyes. Okay. We're so into that. What I'm saying to you is that what... What made them physically ashamed was the physical man from sin. When you get born again of God's spirit, he now puts you over here in this category. Here's the issue. If I'm over here and I'm stuck in the physical, if God needed my physical man to change in order for me to obey his will for my life, then when I got saved, my physical man would have changed too. He does not need how I look and how tall I am and what color my skin is. And he don't need none of that to accomplish his will for my life. He don't need that. If he needed it, then I would have got transformed in that area too. And see, there are are three reasons that most people, I put two on there, but there are three reasons that most people, or if not all people, have a problem with their outer man. I know some of this, I'm going to point some things out. Because some of us, we're not the height that we want to be. We're not the color we want to be. We're not, you know, and all that. Well, listen, there are only three reasons why most of us have a problem with our outer man. Here's the first one, and that's comparing. This is where we compare how we look or... What we have or don't have to other people. See, Adam and Eve, them, they didn't have nobody to compare to. So we either compare ourselves, here's number two, or criticism or being somebody being critical. This is where we have become inferior with how we look because of the criticisms of others. You didn't know you had a big nose until everybody at school told you. Come on now, you didn't know you had a chin like Popeye until they told you. They told you. Man, you look like Popeye. It wasn't until we heard the criticism of others that started peeling away at our physical confidence. Here's the third thing. I call this the curse of rejection. And this is where we were never accepted inside the womb. Therefore, we struggle when we get outside the womb. See, some people don't realize there is a thing called the spirit of rejection. And it can happen when you're inside of the mother. If the mother didn't want you, that rejection gets passed on down to the baby. And so now you come out of this world and you can't, you, you, you try to figure out why, you know, you feel this way. When someone tells you no, it, it, it goes bigger than just no. It, oh, they don't like me and, and they never like me. And no, they just told you no. But that spirit of rejection. And see, if those three things weren't in place, we wouldn't have issues. But we have issues. So 
you and I can't love ourselves like God does until we fully accept ourselves like God has. And so guess what? Here's no, here are three things you can do. And number one, you have to love you right. Everybody say, you must love you right. You have to love you right. You have to love you right. So how do I love me? How do I love me? I love me like God loves me. Well, how does God love me? How can God love me with all of the mess he sees? Because he ain't seeing the mess. You know what he sees? His image in you. He sees his image in you. How can a perfect God who makes everything perfect make a mistake when he got to you? He didn't make a mistake. And we read the scripture, he, we're fearfully and wonderfully made, but see, really, that's really about the inner man, not the outer man. Amen. We're focused on the wrong part of us. So you got to see yourself right. Here's number two. You must know yourself right. You must know yourself. In other words, we must take self-esteem or I'm going to call it spirit esteem out of the feeling realm and we must put it in the knowing realm. When it comes to now loving you, you have to love you based on what you know, not based on what you feel. This is the problem even when relationships. What will happen is we, you know, when the honeymoon stage is over, now it's, you know, I don't feel like that no more. Well, some things ain't about feeling. It's about doing. It's about being. And so you must know yourself right. Well, how do you do that? Write down Job chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. This is what Job said. Uh, verse 3, I'm going to start in verse 3. But I have understanding as well as you. I am not inferior to you. Job said, I have understanding just like you do. I'm not inferior. You know what makes us feel inferior? Lack of knowledge. So when I know who I am, when I know who God says I am, then I can accept me like he said. He, he accepts me like that. So guess what now? I'm not walking around liking me or loving me based on how I feel that day. What does the word say? The word says I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Then that's what I am. The word says that I am the head and not the tail. Uh, it may look like I'm not winning. But we don't walk by sight. We walk by what? We walk by faith. You got to know yourself right. And here's the thing. Uh, go, to John go to John chapter 1. Go to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. I'm going to skip around here so I can finish here. Uh, we must move from physical self-esteem to spirit esteem. In other words, we need to move with the perspective from we're now loving from the inside out and not from the outside in. If your love for you is based on your physical man, your love is going to fluctuate because one day you're going to have hair and another day you ain't might not have none. What you going to do? I mean, I, I listen, you, I know your love for your spouse. I know when you married him, he had a six-pack. Well, he got a one-pack now. What you going to do? Is it all based on the physical man? I mean, if my love for me is based on what I see, I'm in trouble because what I see can change even throughout the day. Amen. Job said in, uh, in verse, uh, Job 13, verse 1 and 2, 
uh, verse 2 says, What you know, the same I know also. I am not inferior unto you. What makes us feel inferior is what we don't know. And I'm saying to you, all you have to do is to know what God says about you and let that be it. If you go back and read Jeremiah, he says in verse 1, the, Lord, the, the, the word of the Lord came and said, Before I formed you in the belly, that's physical. He says, I knew you. And before you came out of the womb, that's physical. He says, I sanctified you. And he said, before you came out of the womb, I not only sanctified you, but I ordained you to be a prophet. Nothing of that had to do with physical. So who I really am is not who I really see. That's just the house I live in. And see, you say, well, pastor, I got to I got to look at the house. Well, fine. Look at the house. But don't make the house you. That's not, the, that's not the real you. When people die and they, they're at a funeral and, and there's a body in the castle, that, that ain't that person. That was just the house they lived in. They gone. So you have to see yourself right. You also have to accept yourself right. We've read in Ephesians 1 what he says, I've been accepted. We've been accepted in the beloved. But I want you to go to John chapter 1. Go to John 1. And I want to show, point something out to you that I thought was really powerful. John chapter 1. And I want to start in verse... Uh, I'm jumping around here. Uh, I don't see the verse I want. Uh, it is in verse 23. Let's start there. Let's start in verse 21. This is John 1 verse 21. Well, let's go back up to 19. Here we go. And this is the record of John. I just wanted you to see that that's who we're talking about. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you, John? And he confessed and he denied not, but confessed. He says, I am not the Christ. Here's what I love about John. At least he knew who he wasn't. When you know who you are, then you know who you're not. So when that man start calling you that B word or whatever word that's not good, that ain't you. You don't even have to try to fight him because you're not talking to me. Amen. When your boss cuss you out at work, how many know people still cuss? People still cuss. Amen. How many know there are people in here that cuss? Go on. <laughs> we got one confession right up here at the front. Right up. <laughs> Watch verse 20. And he confessed and denied not, but confessed. He says, I am not the Christ. Verse 21. And they asked him, then what, are, what then? He, they said, watch this. Are you Elijah? Elias. And he said what? No. They said, are, are you that prophet? What did he say? Now, I want you to notice something. Everybody had their opinion of who they thought John was. Some of them thought he was a prophet. Some of them thought he was Elias. And then watch verse 22. And they said unto him, then who are you that we may give an answer to them that sent us? And then notice what he said. They say, what do you say about yourself? Because what you say about you is more important than what anybody else says about you. They said, what do you say about yourself? Look at verse 23. And he said, I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight way the, uh, the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. In other words, John's response to them asking him who he was, he did not, listen to me now, church, he did not go 
to the flesh. He could have said my dad's name is Zacharias. My mother's name is Elizabeth. I got a cousin named Jesus. I was born in in Bethlehem or whatever city. No, no, no. He did not go to the flesh first. The Bible says, he said, I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness, as saith the prophet Isaiah. In other words, John took what God's word said about him and he believed it. He believed it. I'm closing with Philemon chapter 6. Philemon 6. Here's the last thing you got to do. You got to acknowledge yourself right. Acknowledge yourself right. In Philemon 6, it says that the communication of your faith may become effectual. How? By the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. In other words, listen, he's saying... The sharing of your faith, your faith will become more effective when you begin to acknowledge the good things that are in you in Christ. So you know what? My, My real identity is who God says I am. I know they may have called me slow growing up. I know I might have been on that short yellow bus, but that don't make me me. He said that the communication of our faith, our faith will become effective when we acknowledge every good thing in us in Christ Jesus. So how do you overcome what the world calls low self-esteem? How do you overcome that? By acknowledging every good thing that's in you in Christ Jesus. That's how you do it. So now when, when, you, when your mother or your dad, when you, you're not going to amount to nothing. Oh, no. God always causes me to triumph in Christ Jesus. Amen. Now my identity is not tied in just the physical. Because some of you all have, you've had some problems. They started when you were here. I'm talking to some people right now. Uh, you were your sisters and brothers were different colors. Some were lighter, some were darker, and you became the joke. That ain't really your dad. Ain't really your daddy. We don't know who your daddy is. See, these are jokes that happen in families, but people don't realize how much it has impacted them as an adult. Jesus put us right back. Well, Adam messed up. The Bible says they were naked and not ashamed. Well, I believe today God wants you naked and unashamed of of who you are. So there are some people here today with every head by every head by. There are some people here today that your self-esteem, your love for you has been damaged. It was all about the physical, how you look. And I'm not saying you don't do your best. I'm just saying that that's really not who you are, who you are is who God has said you are, that you are a child of God. And the greater one lives on the inside of you. Father, right now in Jesus name. Those who are hearing me, who somewhere got growing up, 
somewhere there was a disconnect, Father, between who you called them to be and who they see in the mirror. And so I pray right now in Jesus' name that those who have been criticized growing up, those who have been injured by the critics and the criticisms of other people, those, Father, who uh, for some reason don't believe in themselves like you do, I pray right now that you'll begin to restore them by the Spirit of God. I want you to repeat, everybody, if you will repeat after me right now, say, Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for accepting me in the Beloved. Thank you for loving me unconditionally. Thank you for choosing me in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, today I submit my flesh, my physical man, and everything about me physically to you. I lay it down at your feet now. And I know today that if my physical man needed to be changed to fulfill your will, you would have changed it. Therefore, God, I believe today that what I have and who I am is what I need. And I accept you now to transform me, to change me, to cleanse me, heal me, deliver me in Jesus' name. And I thank you today that I will no longer depend on the flesh, on the physical man to feel good about me. Lord, I'll feel good based on your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, with every head still bowed, if you die today, here's my question. Are you 100% sure you go to heaven? Heaven is a